Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your private concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show every Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, where we get to be live and local and tackle and wrestle down the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. want to uh, talk about something that we touched very briefly on yesterday, but like to spend a little more uh, time plumbing the the depths of this uh, today as we start, and that is uh, the city of Modesto is looking at the possibility, a pilot program, of having a site of 25 parking spaces for the homeless. Uh, The people could use it to park overnight, but they'd have to leave during the day. That's an interesting twist. The city uh, apparently would hire a service provider to run the program, and the service provider would ensure that only the vehicles in the program are able to use the site and then would provide case management services to the people who use the site to connect them to housing and other services. Uh, The rules they're thinking about, no visitors, no open flames, Uh, No outdoor storage and tents, no generators, and no vehicle repairs. So they're thinking about somewhere in the city, a spot where 25 vehicles belonging to homeless folks uh, can park at night, but apparently they cannot occupy them during the day. Uh, City officials in November talked about requiring the vehicles in the program to be registered, and the drivers have to be licensed. And my question was, well, I wonder how many of them would be able to meet that requirement. And uh, Modesto Mayor Sue Zwallen said she was concerned that the requirement that the vehicles be registered and the drivers be licensed would exclude people who need the program, including families with children. So what do you think? Good idea set aside 25 parking spaces for qualifying homeless folks who have vehicles. Apparently, they would be able to park overnight there, but uh, they would have to, I guess, leave during the day. Is this a Band-Aid approach? Will it relieve some of the problems that many cities, including Modesto, are experiencing today? Uh, There's three city council members in Modesto who feel it's a good idea. Mayor Sue Zwallen, council members Chris Rickey, and uh, Jenny Knoyer. What do you think? And uh, for those of you in the other counties that we touch, not just Stanislaus County, what do you think if this came to uh, your county? Would this be a program? Would this be something that you would entertain as uh, being appropriate and being effective? Let's talk through that. 209-551-3483. You think it's a worthwhile program? Would you be in favor of it or not? 209-551-3483. Here's some, uh, here's some thoughts I have on this. Uh, first of all, I am all for 
I am all for making progress in terms of addressing problems. But when it comes to expending taxpayer money for that or even grants, federal or state grants, because that's all taxpayer money as well, people tend to think, oh, good, it's a grant. It's like free money. No, we, we all pay for that. There's nothing that's free. We wind up paying for that, especially here in, in California. My concern, a couple of concerns. One is this, where do you put it? Let's say it's near a residential neighborhood. This is the old NIMBY thing, not in my backyard. Uh, You want to find uh, YIMBY, yes, in my backyard area, that would be willing to uh, have this 25-space parking area for the homeless um, near a residential area, near a business area. Uh, Do you want it near schools? Uh, Do you want it isolated somewhere what kind of message does that send a lot of uh, a lot of considerations here i and, and again i'm not criticizing the idea i'm not criticizing the program my concern is 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 in the ex- expending of public funds is it just a band-aid is it something that allows us to kick the can down the line even further rather than address, addressing the, the root issues. Well, Mike, what are the root issues? Well, let's look uh, into why. And this is a complex question. I am, not, uh, I am not saying that this is an easy question to answer, but the question is, what are the root causes of homelessness? And there is not just one. Uh, it is a very complex and sometimes convoluted answer to that. Uh, for some, Uh, The issue is mental illness. For some, uh, the issue is drug addictions uh, combined with mental illness that may result from drug addiction. It may be for some simply a loss of job, unable to pay the mortgage, unable to uh, get into a rental place. Right now in California, uh, gas prices are through the roof. Uh, through the roof. We'll talk about that a little bit later on today with Congressman uh, Josh Harder. But uh, gas prices are through the roof in California. I don't have to tell you that. And uh, for many, it's it's a case of can't just can't make ends meet in California anymore. People are leaving California. Right? We've gone from 53 con- congressional districts down to 52. California is losing ground in terms of its congressional representation in Washington, D.C. So I am all for looking at root issues and taking the time that is necessary to address the root issues one by one. So we've talked about mental illness. We've talked about drug addiction, uh, which often, or chemical addiction, alcohol addiction, it all, uh, those all tend to mesh together. We've talked about flat out losing your job and perhaps not being able to gain employment. Maybe uh, you, for some reason, don't want to get vaccinated. Maybe your chemical situation in your body is such that it would be dangerous to get a vaccination. Maybe you're suspicious about vaccinations. Uh, they, uh, in a Modesto B article, they interviewed uh, some folks, and uh, one of them, as I recall, uh, was expressing concern over having a needle stuck into uh, their arm. 
they uh, they're worried about that. Um, one person says they don't want to be around other people much. Uh, one said we've got good immune systems. You're not going to inject us with nothing. We don't inject drugs, and we don't know what they are putting in people with those vaccinations. So there's a high degree of suspicion, not only amongst the general public, but apparently amongst the homeless as well, about vaccination. Would that be an issue? Are, would would uh, eventually the city or whatever other county may adopt this kind of uh, proposal, would they say, well, you have to be vaccinated in order to be in this particular uh, 25 spot parking area. Uh, what about COVID testing? Are you going to be tested for COVID-19? Are you going to be tested for Omicron if they have an accurate one? What are the protocols there? Are you going to have to wear a mask? Uh, are you going to have to be tested? Are you going to have to have the vaccine? Are you going to have to have your vehicle registered? Are you going to have to have a valid driver's license? All of that costs money. And so I, I see great, uh, great challenges there. And uh, there are some folks, and this is not, I am not saying, because some people use this as a blanket statement, I'm not doing that. But there are some folks who prefer to be homeless. They prefer to live outside. They prefer to live on their own. They prefer to have no encumbrances. And so they likely would not take advantage of this. So I, I, I come back to the central question, I think that's the burning question here, and that is, does this type of proposal hit at the root cause of homelessness, or is it a band-aid? Now think about it, 25 parking spaces. How many people who are homeless in the greater Modesto area are sleeping in their cars? My guess is more than 25. You say, well, Mike, at least it's taking care of the 25. Well, that, that may well be, but is it, again, addressing the root issues? And so, I, I, again, I'm not criticizing the idea. I think it's very well intended, and I respect the city council members that are bringing this to the fore. Uh, I, I have doubts, though, that this is really going to be a long-term solution. And it, it, it may be something that, we can say, well, we made some effort. Well, we make all kinds of efforts. The question is, are the efforts effective? Are they sustainable? And are the efforts dealing with the root issue? That only not, not only goes for homelessness, but that goes for a lot of governmental programs as well. And the other thing, let me circle back before we leave this, to, uh, to the issue of grants. I have found as president of Advancing Vibrant Communities for all of our 20 years, that when there are grants involved, some of us agree to help out just for the sake of helping out, and we don't take money for it. Uh, For example, we used to be involved in the weed and seed program way back when, Uh, weeding out the good, uh, weeding out the bad, seeding it with good. And uh, early on, our commitment was to wipe out gang graffiti in the gang areas. We did that for years and years and years and years, never cost the city or the county a dime. We never took a dime of public money for it. We never took a dime of government grants for it. 
But why I'm saying that is, as the years passed by, when the grant ran out, so did everybody else. That was it. No, the, the, the program's gone. And so that's my suspicion about grants is typically they're not sustainable. And they may look good for politicians in the short term, but ultimately many grants, especially government grants, A, they have reams of paperwork ahead of time, they have reams of paperwork during, and they have reams of paperwork afterwards to prove that you did what you said you were going to do. And the problem is when the grant runs out, so does the program. All right, so all these considerations uh, come in here. So I, I think that uh, it, it deserves good, spirited, and deep discussion, not one where we tear the plan apart, but one where we talk about the plan, talk about the realities of it. And if you have any thoughts on that, you're welcome to give us a call here at 209-551-3483. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209 551 3483, in addition to talking about uh, parking uh, parking for the homeless folks, uh, apparently some scientists are seeing signals that uh, the Omicron wave may have peaked in Britain and may be doing something in the U.S. as well, as well as peaking. We'll see what happens with that. I'm back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Trevor Carey Show. Amen. Follows Mike Douglas every weekday at 4. Well said. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we're back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you here as your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day. Been talking about this this issue of uh, this proposal for 25 parking spaces for the homeless. In Modesto, do you think that's something uh, that is worthwhile uh, to invest in with uh, public dollars? Do you feel, well, I don't know, good thing to do, but probably a Band-Aid? Does it really address uh, the root issues? Well, we'll talk about that. 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. By the way, very quickly, scientists are saying that in uh, apparently in uh, Britain, uh, the Omicron wave may have peaked, and that's because the variant is uh, very widely contagious, and it may be running out of people to infect, uh, as it was first detected in South Africa, as it did there. Uh, Ali Mokdad, a professor of health metric sciences at the University of Washington in Seattle, says. It's going to come down as fast as it went up. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's see uh, what you think uh, about parking spaces and the homeless and the way we're dealing with this. Uh, let's go first to uh, Stanislaus County and Debbie. Uh, Debbie, welcome. What are your thoughts today? Well, thank you for taking my call, Mike. I listened to everything you said. This is the most immoral, non-ethical I don't even know how anybody who is a walking, breathing human being on our county board of supervisors or our city board of supervisors, how in the world of God could they only consider 25 entities all the way to April before they'll even discuss it? What are the people going through now? This state 
is so broken, but this county is a mess. It's been a mess for quite a while. People try in sincerity, and they beg for help. They go before the board. They give them three minutes, and when your three minutes are up, they go, your time is up. And the people have to walk away because they don't address any of the issues. The people share with them that they need help. There is no help. We have some county people that are helping little bitty fires. But when people try to get back even to that so-called person that's supposed to be helping them or assisting them, they can't even get through to them. Our county is broken. And I did ask a question the other day, but I didn't put it on the air. What happened to the Ku Klux Klan here? I, uh, well, I, don't know of, I don't know about the Ku Klux Klan here, Debbie. I uh, can't address that for you, but thanks for your call. And uh, uh, got, got, your, uh, got your thoughts about that uh, you feel that this particular uh, issue of the 25 parking spaces uh, really doesn't solve the problem. We need to be uh, looking in a broader perspective. Let's find out. Uh, let's go to Ed and Lodi. Ed, uh, thinking maybe uh, this isn't quite exactly what we need. Uh, Ed got about a minute or two here. What What are your thoughts? Well, good afternoon. Um, I I think that uh, twenty five places doesn't seem like a whole lot. And and um, if this were some kind of a program that maybe was in coordination, I mean, it sounds like something that. What if it were a statewide coordination and municipalities all over the the state were doing something? You know, in in union. Maybe it's a better it'd be a better program and and that sort of thing. Um, I don't understand. You know, what do you do for car number twenty six? You know, I mean, yeah. it just right. seems like there's a lot of um, it's very small. But I also don't want to be really negative because something is better than nothing usually, and maybe it's a start. You know, um, you know. Perhaps, uh, perhaps if they get 25 going and, it, and somebody else gets excited and it turns into 50 and 100, and maybe there's other types of, of things that get formed that aren't just car spaces, you know. Um, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot, but something's better than nothing, and um, at, least, at least there's that. Yeah, and, and I get your point, Ed, uh, and, and I, I, I guess I would align with you on that, you know, in many cases doing something better than – than nothing, and I guess part of that is as we you know take we take a look at this like a, a a jewel. We look at the many different facets. One of those facets is, uh, well, maybe if it works, uh, we can expand it. So, uh, Ed, uh, Ed, good thoughts there. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go very quickly to John and Brentwood. Uh, John, I got about thirty seconds for you here, uh, but I want to get you in. What are your thoughts? Um, maybe after the break and cover, I just don't understand what, what the benefits of this will be. It's a parking place. They can park at night. They can't go during the day. Can they live in their vehicle at night? The only, the only thing I see that would help would be maybe somebody that's homeless that has a job during the day and nowhere mm. to live, and they have a place to park their car at night. Other than that, I see no benefits from this at all. Yeah, I, I, again, I think we have to look at all facets of it. John, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, your thoughts. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep that on the radar screen. We'll continue to uh, talk about it here on the Mike Douglas Show. Coming up, Congressman Josh Harder. Uh, we're going to talk about the possible California gas tax holiday. 
coming up on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Now may be the perfect time to buy a home financed by Loan Depot. Loan Depot has over 300 loan products to help you make home ownership a reality. Interest rates are near historic lows. Rates will not stay low forever. So call 866-888-LOAN so one of our thousands of loan officers can help you find the right loan. Call 866-888-LOAN or visit LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic. Now from the J&J Heating and Air Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy, right at MacArthur Drive. An earlier multiple car crash cleared from lanes. We still have a backup, though, all the way uh, to Mountain House. As traffic tries to recover, once you get past the delay, it looks great all the way up North 5 through Lathrop and French Camp. For the latest on the Valley reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by California Community Colleges. When you pursue an associate degree for transfer at a California community college, you're on your way to earning your guaranteed saved spot at a four-year university. Start on the path to success and enroll today before classes fill up at ICanGoToCollege.com. Mass Mutual knows retirement can be an uncomfortable conversation. Who's the big boy? You are. Who's going to take care of us when we retire? It's going to be you. You're going to make sure we don't end up in a retirement home. Or if we do, it's a really nice one. With tango lessons. And bocce ball. And a community pool. Talk to us about retirement today. Feel comfortable about tomorrow. Mass Mutual. Live Mutual. By now, you've heard the news. Boosters for Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines are available. They help keep your immunity strong and help keep you and others protected against COVID-19 and its variants. Visit myturn.ca.gov to find out if you're eligible and to find a booster near you. Let's keep each other safer and healthier this winter. Get your booster, and don't forget to get your flu shot, too. Brought to you by the California Department of Public Health. You probably wouldn't leave thousands of dollars on the table at a diner. Why leave thousands on the table with your tax return? Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you don't. This year, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits. Your Jackson Hewitt tax pro will help you track down every last one. So you get your biggest refund guaranteed. Don't leave thousands on the table this year. Discover thousands of dollars in tax credits instead. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. There's an app for everything. And I bet you have multiple apps on your phone just to order food, get a ride, or even find a date. But we made the iHeartRadio app your all-in-one app. Your favorite music, radio stations, and podcasts together and all for free. Listen to your favorite radio station anywhere you want. Plus all your favorite music and just about every podcast in the world all in one place with one touch. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love. This report is sponsored by CalHope.org. As life returns to normal, our worries have not disappeared, but evolved. CalHope offers free COVID-19 emotional support. Call 1-833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org today. Partly cloudy today. We'll see highs get into the low 60s. Cloudy overnight and another cold night as well. Expect low 40s. 
More clouds tomorrow, 60s once again with some light wind. Local Talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back this fine Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we talk about the issues of the day that directly affect you and me. And many are those issues, aren't they? Right here, live and local on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, on the line uh, now with us, Congressman Josh Harder from California's 10th District. And uh, welcome, Congressman. I appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Hi, Mike. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about, because uh, we're all concerned about the cost of living. We've just been talking about uh, homelessness and possible solutions that are being proposed and uh, the cost of living in California. And one of those really owies for all of us is the what it costs to put a gallon of gas in our gas tanks. Uh, California, I don't know if we're the highest, but we're certainly among the highest in terms of uh, prices per gallon across the nation. Tell us about this uh, gas tax holiday that you've encouraged Governor Newsom to enact. Well, as you said, gas prices are way too high uh, across the valley. I I almost had a a heart attack filling up my tank (laughs) last week. If it's 470 a gallon, that means that if you have a, a standard car, you're paying more than 70 bucks just to fill up your tank. If you have a pickup truck or, or something else, you could be paying more than $100 uh, just to fill up your car. That's way too much, especially in the Central Valley, where we have folks that drive many, many hours to, to get to work. And so it's so important, especially in a community uh, like ours, where a lot of folks live paycheck to paycheck, to do more to, to lower costs. And so... I've been been working on this issue for for a couple months. I wrote to the governor, and uh, he half listened, which I think was at least a a start in the right direction, which is this week he announced that he was going to support a gas tax holiday, uh, which basically means he's going to stop increasing the gas tax anymore. I think that is at least a start. It's at least a a show that this is working, that folks are listening to it. In my proposal, uh, I think we should be going – a lot further and, and actually uh, not just stopping future increases, but lowering it altogether, uh, especially at a time when we have a, a budget surplus. It doesn't make any sense to be asking folks to pay a, a, an arm and a leg just to fill up their tank. Well, I think you read my mind there because my next question was, we're looking at uh, what was originally a, a $31 billion surplus. My understanding it's mm-hmm. uh, now anticipated to be even greater than that, uh, perhaps. And why can't some of that be returned from those of us who uh, uh, gave our money to the state (laughs) through taxes and such? And uh, as we look at that, okay, so we freeze it at, what is it, 51 point something cents per gallon right now? Uh, so we're, we're, it went from what, 50.5 to 51.1 this summer, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and use that, uh, you used the thought just a couple of minutes ago, how about California? Let's lower 
these taxes, especially for the gas tax, because people are hurting so badly right now. We know people are leaving California, uh, and and I'm sure you're yeah. you're very aware. You know, we've lost a congressional district, uh, for goodness sakes. Uh, what mm-hmm. what is your sense of the possibility, maybe, of California lowering those taxes? And secondly, do you have any idea? And I know this is a tough question. Any idea how much this might save us over a year? I know you've looked at the issue, and this might be an unfair question, but uh, anticipating uh, increases in taxes that there might be, how much do you think the average person might save over 2022 uh, with this gas tax holiday? It's a great question, and I'll start with, with the fact that you're right. I think it's one thing to ask people to pay taxes if it's going to fix roads and bridges and if that money is going to be necessary and if it's going to be used wisely. Of course, neither of those two things are always the, the case. And in this case, we don't need uh, this gas tax money. There's a massive surplus, and uh, that's in addition to money that is coming directly from the federal government from the infrastructure bill that I had a hand in and supported that's going to actually fix some of those roads and bridges that the gas tax is intended to help. And so I think this is the perfect time uh, to make sure that we are getting that money back into people's pockets. And so my hope is that the governor's announcement this week shows a basic willingness to work with us on this, and it also shows the math that we don't actually need this tax right now, uh, maybe at some time in the distant future, but not right now, especially when so many folks are, are struggling. And so, you know, I, I view this as, you know, half a loaf or maybe even a little bit less. We still have a lot more work to do to hopefully not just freeze uh, the, the current gas tax, but actually lower it to a little bit more reasonable level. Uh, California has the, the highest gas tax in the nation. I don't think it makes a lot of sense, especially not when we have a surplus. And so let's use this opportunity to make sure that we are supporting folks when, when people actually need that help. You know, over the past, and, and you may have, as well, I'm sure you have, uh, I've had the opportunity to go out of state and do some driving along the highways of other states. And, and generally, a lot of them look to be in a lot better condition than a lot of our roadways in California. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I am hoping that uh, wise decisions are made. And, and uh, two things, I think, and many of our callers, congressmen, uh, have reflected this over the past couple of months, two things they'd like to see with that $31 billion or whatever it turns out to be. A is, and I know this is a, a subject near and dear to your heart, water uh, applying a lot of that money to water uh, storage so that uh, we can survive droughts, uh, and, and B, uh, applying it to uh, the roadways and such so that uh, we don't beat up our cars and we don't have to pay those. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, recently on a California, well, Stanislaus County Street, actually, I I hit with a my fairly low-slung car. I, I hit one of those uh, little potholes, did about $150 damage to the to the wheel that I had to replace. So I think it's just indicative of the fact that we'd like to see those dollars spent wisely. Let me switch gears here uh, just, uh, just a bit with you. Right now, you represent the folks in California's Congressional District Number 10, 
And But you're going to be running, because those districts now have been redrawn, you're going to be running in District 13. Uh, talk to us about the, the differences in those two districts in terms of representation and why you're making that decision to run in 13. Yeah, so every 10 years they change up all the congressional districts, all the legislative districts because of population changes and the, and, uh, the like. And in California, uh, thanks to a ballot proposition, it's in the hands of citizens. It's not done in backroom deals the way it is done in other states where it's a very partisan uh, process with lots of gerrymandering. It's done in the open. I had no hand in constructing uh, these, these congressional districts. But what they did to our area in the Central Valley is they uh, constructed this district, which is a lot of the current congressional district. It includes the west side of, of Stanislaus Series. Uh, west and South Modesto, West and South Turlock, Patterson, Newman, up to Lathrop, as well as Merced, Madera, and parts of West Fresno County. So it's um, a, a pretty large, large district that includes uh, a lot of a lot of agriculture, a whole lot of farms, uh, and I think it's pretty consistent with the issues that we've worked on. This is the community that I love. I mean, I'm a fifth-generation resident of the Valley. My family's been here 170 years, and I think we need a strong advocate, as I always say, to remind folks in Washington that California is more than San Francisco and Los Angeles, and that's exactly the most important issue in this district. And, you know, it's also, frankly, a little a little selfish. My wife and I are uh, thrilled to, to say that we're expecting our first child in just another uh, few weeks. Congratulations. Few so, Absolutely. Yeah, have any thank you we're through we're super thrilled if you have any parenting tips please let me know or if you <laughs> can find a way to help me bank some sleep uh for the months ahead i'm 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 all ears but you know this is about trying to make sure that we can create a better central valley for for my kid and for all the other kids here i mean we should make sure that everybody has a chance to, to succeed in the valley especially at a time where we're seeing that that's not the case across the country uh, review with us uh, again uh, the the changes that you will have, and I, I know that there's some overlap in in the current District 10 with yeah. the new District 13. Review those areas that are still going to be common to you, and the new areas that you may be covering. Yeah, so it essentially they sort of switched. Uh, they, they they broke Stanislaus County in half, and so uh, West Stanislaus. Uh, as well as a little bit of San Joaquin, uh, down to Merced, Madera, and, and West Fresno. That's one congressional district, and that's now called Congressional District 13. That's the one that I'm running for. The other half, the east half of, of Stanislaus County, which includes Riverbank, Oakdale, uh, Waterford, Houston, uh, as well as a lot of the city of Modesto itself, that's been grouped with the foothills. Uh, and so the, the, the member of Congress that's running there is a guy by the name of Tom McClintock, um, who I've, I, I've worked with, and um, I think that's going to be um, a, a good fit there. That's, I think, going to be really – I think it's actually probably unfortunate for our region to have our district split in half that way, but that's how they did it, and I think we still are going to be doing our best. I'm still going to be a strong advocate for not just you know, the, the, the folks in our new district, but all the folks we've worked with over the past years. We're talking with Congressman Josh Harder, and uh, immediately we're talking about his run for the new Congressional District 13. He's currently covering uh, the California District Number 10. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're a busy guy, and hopefully you can give us another uh, minute or, or two here. 
What's your assessment of, I mean, the big deal is the pandemic, uh, COVID-19, the Omicron, uh, all of that. What is your assessment of how the federal government is doing in terms of helping us deal with this here in Central California? There's a lot more that needs to be to be done, and uh, my hope is that we can just get a little bit more consistent messaging. It feels like one day... You know, the governor's saying one thing, the president's saying something else, and a dozen experts across the country are saying a dozen different things, and it can be a, a little bit of a challenge to know uh, what to do and how to do it, especially uh, as, as circumstances change. But my bottom line is we need to keep our schools open. We need to keep our businesses operating at full capacity. Uh, that's my objective. We went through um, what a shutdown looks like uh, over uh, a year ago, and that's not a world I want to go back to. We, we've seen the damage that it did to our kids, and maybe it was necessary, maybe it wasn't, but it's certainly not necessary uh, where we're standing now. And so my goal is to make sure that that messaging is consistent and that we're making a lot of the tools to help us get this pandemic under control, vaccines, tests, and you know some of the incredible therapeutics and other uh, medical innovations uh, that have happened, that we're making that as accessible to everybody. Uh, to make sure that we can get this pandemic under control as quickly as possible. Congressman Josh Harder is our guest, currently in California's 10th District. He'll be running in uh, the 13th District, the newly uh, defined 13 District, uh, come November. Uh, before we let you go, quick question. You just mes- uh, mentioned consistency in messaging. And uh, tell you, the, the phone calls we get, a lot of people are losing trust, especially in the face of government uh, spokesperson for the pandemic, Dr. Fauci. Uh, what, what's your assessment there? Should he continue to be the face of, of uh, the U.S. government in terms of how we deal with the pandemic? Or do you feel a, a new voice or new voices uh, need to be heard? I think the messaging has been a real challenge. And I've talked to a lot of businesses in our community who aren't really sure where to turn, especially, you know, we have our own public health officials at a local level. We're looking at what's going on in in our community. And then, of course, there's folks at the state level, the federal level, and they're not at the same page, and they're not always on the the same page. And so I think the the onus for this really has to be at the CDC. And I think, unfortunately, even in the last couple weeks, as we're dealing with Omicron and and the like, the CDC messaging has not been as clear as I would have hoped. And I think they need to be doing a much better job of setting very clear benchmarks for uh, what level we're trying to get to, uh, how we're going to be able to get there, and most importantly, sending that message to school districts and businesses across the country that we don't want to shut down. We need to do everything we can to keep our economy open, to keep people uh, in work and kids in school and, and all the rest. And unfortunately, looking across the country, not every city is getting that message. I think in the Central Valley, folks are generally on the same page. Um, but I think we could be doing and asking a lot more of our CDC authorities uh, to make that message come across loud and clear. Congressman Josh Harder, our guest. And again, sir, congratulations on the advent of your firstborn. Uh, you asked for a piece of advice and you talked about sleep. Let me just drop this as uh, someone in their mid-60s now. Sleep is so highly overrated. Just give it up for a while and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Harder, thanks for joining uh, us today. I'll, I'll, I'll try to do my best, and I'll, I'll tell that to my wife. Well, thank uh, you. Anyway. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for all the work you're doing. All right. And uh, we're here to help.
Very good. Congressman Josh Harder, our guest, will continue with your reactions to what you just heard in about three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic. Now, from the J&J Heating and Air Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy, right at MacArthur Drive. An earlier multiple car crash cleared from lanes. We still have a backup, though, all the way uh, to Mountain House as traffic tries to recover. Once you get past the delay, it looks great all the way up North 5 through Lathrop and French Camp. For the latest on the Valley reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by J&J Heating and Air. Four blankets, two sweatshirts, a log in the fire, and a space heater? Yeah, that's efficient. One call to J&J Heating and Air, and your home will stay toasty all winter. Go to JJHeat.com to see our $59 tune-up with no breakdown guarantee plus same-day service offer. JJHeat.com. What's that? Oh, you hate your job. Hmm. Well, just spreak up a little. Right, not speak up. Spreak up. You know, if you have something to say, you have a passion you could spend hours talking about every day, if you've always fantasized about doing a podcast... You just have to spreak up. That's what we call it over at Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R for my heart. It's the easiest way to podcast and get paid for it. So, you know, spreak up. Spreak for yourself. Spreak your mind. Spreak now or forever hold your peace. Spreaker.com. New medical technologies are here and they're game changers. If you're suffering with never-ending pain from old injuries and stubborn arthritis, it's Trevor Carey. Listen, if you've been told surgery is the only way to get relief from knee, shoulder, hip, or back pain, stop. We got new options at Modesto Physical Medicine. You owe it to yourself. Check out these powerful treatments, and here's why. New scientific development have led to regenerative cell therapies. They restore damaged tissue without the pain and that downtime from surgery. Modesto Physical Medicine treatments take place right in the office. You walk out after your appointment. You get on with your day. There's no missed work, no long periods of recovery. Patients around Modesto are celebrating the results, and you can be next. Call for your free consultation at Modesto Physical Medicine. You're just blocks north of Memorial Hospital. Hospital in Modesto. Call 209-838-3434. That's 838-3434. Call now, 838-3434. The sooner you get started, the faster you'll feel the amazing relief. Call now, 838-3434. Jackson Hewitt needs you to know three things about filing taxes this year. One, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits on the table. Two, you have to file for them to make sure you get the right amount. Three, a Jackson Hewitt tax pro will help track down every credit you deserve. Tax credits for being a parent, taking care of a parent, going to school, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on thousands. Jackson Hewitt knows that. Discover thousands in tax credits and get your biggest refund guaranteed. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. Start your future at a California community college. Financial aid is available to help with tuition, books, and sometimes even the rent. It's time to take the next big step. Classes can fill up quickly, so enroll today at ICanGoToCollege.com. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. 
Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show. Thank you so much for being part of the mix. Uh, So much appreciate your voices, and that's our job here. That's our mission, to give you a platform to weigh in on the issues of the day as we look at them uh, respectfully, rationally, and reasonably which is uh, not something that we get to do a lot of in uh, today's economy when it comes to uh, the, the open broadcasting airwaves that, uh, that we have. So we treasure that live and local aspect of what we do here and uh, certainly thank iHeartMedia for providing that for us. Uh, interesting comments by Congressman Josh Harder. Uh, he touched on uh, his uh, disappointment with consistency in communication over a lot of things, including uh, COVID-19. Really didn't talk about Dr. Fauci in in particular. Uh, My opinion, uh, as uh, you, you probably know it by now, is that I feel that Dr. Fauci has... um, has uh, become so untrustworthy due to contradicting himself time and time again that the man needs to be removed from his office. The question is, would that that solve the problem? Probably not. Here's a guy who called a senator a moron. Here's a guy who apparently, as evidence is being uncovered, had a hand in helping finance uh, the gain-of-function research done in that Wuhan lab. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, there has to be. What, let me ask you a question. Why do you think the Biden administration keeps Dr. Fauci in as, I think, the highest-paid civil servant in the federal government? And B, why do they allow him to keep being the mouthpiece for the federal government about COVID-19 when he has contradicted himself so many times and when he fails to answer the questions from knowledgeable people like Rand Paul. Uh, It is just, uh, it's a mystery to me. Maybe you have a theory on that. 209-551-3483. Or do you think they need to keep Dr. Fauci in that position? Uh, maybe some of you feel that. I feel he needs to be removed ASAP. And uh, we need to get people uh, or a person in his position who is willing to look at all the different opinions and consider them all and not contradict him or herself on such a, such a regular basis. And with all of that, of course, as we were talking earlier, about gas prices. Again, Governor Newsom considering, and uh, Congressman Josh Harder was encouraging him to have a gas tax holiday in California for 2022. Where are we at? 51.1 cents per gallon, I believe. That's the highest in the nation. If not the highest, it's near the highest. Again, I can tell you, having driven the roads of other states, Other states have a lot better conditions on the roadways than we do in California. We've got at least $31 billion, with a B, $31 billion in in reserve funds now that uh, are made above and beyond what we're expected to have. Well, how about either returning that to us 
the ones who actually funded that, and or address the water issues and maybe give us uh, some uh, money back on taxes. Going to take a a very quick comment. We have about 30 seconds. Uh, Marcy, what are your thoughts about Dr. Fauci? So I think Dr. Fauci, um, he's not in an office. He's in a paid position, and nobody elects him to that. Right. But I think he fits in with all the politicians, and so that's why they keep him in. He lies like the politicians. Uh, He covers up things like the politicians. So he fits in really well with them. Right, so you feel that he uh, he fits in with with the norm. Marcy, thanks for your call. I'll see you tomorrow at 3 here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.